He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. Today, we make a start into Jude verses 1 and 2, but just a start. Then we will get hung up on the very first word. Who is Jude? Or is it Judas? By process of elimination and the help of other scriptures, we will arrive at a stunning conclusion. Jude is someone who once was an unbeliever, but who came to be a servant of Jesus Christ, his own half-brother, in seeing him rise from the dead. Well, Timothy, hopefully we did a pretty good job getting the listeners back in on Projects 1517. We're going to see if this one streams at all on iTunes. We will see if people bought our arguments for continuing in the book of Jude. I hope they, I hope they have. I'm, I'm excited about it. We, I don't, I'm not sure that I want to spend too much time uh, talking about why people should listen anymore. I want to get right into it. What do you? I think? do too. Yeah. I, what do you think about just reading verses one and two? Let's see if we can cover them today. <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? Let's yeah. see. Go ahead. <laughs> that's what, this in. is how we always do this. Let's see. So here's what Jude one and two says. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Okay, so there that's, it is. That's verses 1 and 2. This is Jude reaching out to his recipients, his audience, with a very, um, in some ways, typical greeting, but also... Uh, an atypical greeting, and we can get into that a little bit later, but I think the the most natural question is this. Let's start with the very first word in the book. Who is Jude? <laughs> <laughs> Who in the world is Jude? Or is it now, Judas? Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's, so let's let's help our listeners understand something like this. Uh, there's different forms of of Jude that that word that Greek word in the New Testament. Uh, there's Judah, uh, there's Jude, and there's Judas, and all of those are different uh, takes on the same root word of Jude, right? That's right. And so a long so you got like a lot a long time ago, the English translators of the Bible decided not to call this book. Judas. Can you figure out why? <laughs> <laughs> let's let that hang for a second, and let's talk about some other other figures with the same name, right? So uh, Judah in the Bible is significant, okay? Judah, we're going to do 
This is our first little bit of Bible history. Isn't this fun? Yeah. Judah, Judah. the fourth tribe of Israel. Ja- yeah. Jacob's yeah. fourth he's, son. And he's significant. Why? He is the going to be the father. There's the line of the Savior. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word that means I will praise the Lord. So that's, that's our best guess at what the, at the, what the name, the etymology of it is. I will praise the Lord. And so the woman in the Bible who has this child is excited about this gift that the Lord has, has given. And so, so Judah. And then, of course, uh, a lot of people end up getting named uh, Judas uh, because of a really famous Jewish war hero that happens in the intertestamental period. And that's right. Uh, that's yeah. Judas Maccabeus. That's right. And uh, actually, just to segue into the idea of Judas Iscariot in the Bible, um, some people think that one of the reasons why Judas betrayed our Lord was because he was sort of disappointed that Jesus wasn't more of a Jewish war general. But at any rate, I'll leave that there and point out go back to your question, which we've been sort of circling around. Why would this book be called Jude instead of Judas? <laughs> well, I, that name kind of died <laughs> when Judas Iscariot died. <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. Because like, if you call somebody a, a Judas, like in English, a Judas, uh, that's a traitor. And so the English translators, knowing that history of Judas betraying our Lord Jesus Christ to death, um, they, I think, wisely decided to call this book Jude. So there's no, conf- like, they want you to know right away, this isn't Judas Iscariot. This is All right, we like can rule gospel. out one. Yeah, <laughs> that leaves like seven more Judas or Judases that we should there's rule out. Eight Ju- there's eight Judases in the New Testament. We've ruled out one. <laughs> That's right. This is going to take us a while. I think we can rule out right away, though, a couple more. Because Judas or Jude here does not claim apostleship at all. So like in verse 17, he says, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. And he doesn't include himself in that list there. Like, he doesn't say an apostle of the Lord Jesus like the Apostle Paul does in his letters. So right away, like, we can say, okay, this isn't one of the 12, this isn't one of the apostles of Jesus. You agree with that? Yeah, and he doesn't, yeah, absolutely. You have that in verse 17, remember what the apostle said. So he's obviously not one of one of the apostles, but then he also doesn't identify himself as an apostle. Like, you have Peter in Second Peter or Paul in Romans 1 verse 1, and these men are identifying themselves as apostles of our Lord, and Jude is not doing that. So we can assume right away he's, he's not an apostle. That's now right. he is significant. Now he is significant, and um, he brings to us his significance in this terminology. He's a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I want to hold that terminology, servant of Jesus Christ, for later, but he does identify himself as a brother of James. Now, this is pretty pretty helpful, I would say, as to identifying who this guy is. Yeah, all, all of a sudden, when he calls himself a brother of James, we can narrow it down to one. <laughs> we can be like, okay, now we know 
who you are, Jude. And the New Testament helps us, doesn't it? Like in Matthew 13, verse 15, you actually have a, a naming in order. Well, we think that it's familial order of Jesus' half-brothers, right? The, the sons of Mary and Joseph. And the last one, like the little brother, if we, if we believe they are named in order of age, is actually Jude. So the so baby, this is the baby brother. This is baby brother Jude. <laughs> <laughs> it's baby brother Jude, yeah. Don't think of him as a baby, though. <laughs> he's definitely not that. This is yeah, a but man. he's a little brother of James, the little half-brother of Jesus. And um, I, I think it's worth pointing out, first of all, uh, what Jude doesn't do here. Normally, when somebody is named in the scriptures and... Under, so like these days it's different, right? I, I'm Jonathan Borman. And so um, my last name becomes becomes my family name. But a lot of times people are identified um, in biblical times uh, by their father. Yeah, 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 that's you know, exactly I'm, right. I'm the son of, son I'm the of. son of, I'm the son of. And here, though, he does not name his father, right? It's, it's not, I'm Jude. Uh, the son of Joseph, which would have been pretty sweet, you know, because we like we like Joseph and Mary and, and they're pretty cool. But um, here he calls himself a brother of James. Now, this this is because James holds huge significance for the church. He's he's one of the big Jerusalem leaders. He's a big gun. By he's the, the way, big dog. Why, yeah. He's the big dog. This is why a lot of people believe that Jude was actually written to a church in Palestine. So with a huge Jewish background, um, we don't know that what the audience was for sure, but that is one indication we have. These people knew who James was. It was not a question. James is name dropped here in a huge way. I'm the brother of James. And I think that's interesting to think about, like he, to think about, what he said and then what he not what he didn't say I, I think it's interesting to see what he said because Jude actually doesn't have the name that James has like he he can't just drop his own name and everybody knows who he is so he's that's why we're talking about it <laughs> uh, yeah like I get I get this feeling that Jude he wasn't the big dog like he was the quiet the quiet believer in Jesus Christ um that he would, instead of being the guy up front preaching, that that maybe he was more of the guy sitting in the pew. Um, so he's got a name drop, James, just to give himself, you know, okay, now I know who you are, Jude, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not ignorant of, you know, where you're coming from, what your identity is, etc. But what I think is even more interesting, Timothy, and I think we should spend just a little bit of time on this, is why in the world would Jude not claim kinship with Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I mean, because if you're the brother of the Lord, uh, you know, you might, you know, you might just pull out that card and play the it. brother of Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Jude. Now he does say he's a servant of Jesus Christ, but he doesn't say I'm a brother of Jesus. I'm I'm a brother of the Lord. 
something like that. He does not do that. And we have to at least ask that question, like, why do you not claim kinship with Jesus? Well, you know, to me, there's a couple of different things going on there. I, I think he's coming from a place of humility. Like, he he's he doesn't want to do that. Um, he doesn't, he's like, I, I don't even deserve to say that Jesus is my brother, but I think that's that's part of what's going on, but I also think he claims a higher status than being a blood brother of Jesus. Like Jesus had already kind of said, like it doesn't bloodlines don't matter. Like he had he had clearly said that. And so he, he claims a much higher status. He he calls himself his relationship to Jesus, the more important one, is one of a servant of Jesus Christ. And to him, like well, that's the highest thing, isn't it? Right. And let's let's play it another way. Let's play it another way. So let's say Jude had written a servant. He doesn't write this, but if he had, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of Jesus Christ. Now, now I'm not the first one to make this this argument that I'm about to make. Clement of Alexandria can claim to be the first one to have thought this through. He's one of the church fathers. It's made a lot of sense to a lot of people since. But in fact, if Jude had claimed to have authority based on his biology or his genetics or his kinship with Jesus Christ, he would have undermined with the Christians, and he would have with me too. I consider myself in this group. Um, he actually would have undermined his argument because we all know that biology is not the deal. That's not it. That's right. Jesus was... A, our Lord taught us that himself. If you go to Matthew again, you know, in Matthew 13, you have, you have uh, Judas there, or Jude mentioned there as a brother of Jesus. But in Matthew 12, right at the end of it, everybody's like, hey, your, your mother and, and brothers are here, Jesus. And Jesus is like, you want, you want to know who my mother and my brothers are? I'll tell you who they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's right. those who do my will, do the Father's will. So, um that if you come, in other words, then if you come to Christians and you say to them, you should listen to me because of biology, every single Christian who knows anything about the teaching of our Lord is going to say, that's not a reason to listen to you at all. Biology yeah. is not the thing. Faith yeah, is really that. the thing. So he's not going to undermine his credibility in that way, I, w I would actually argue that it would detract like somebody if, so if you make that claim, you clearly don't understand the teaching of our Lord. And so why would I listen to you right now at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, one thing that struck me, I think we have to tell the story of Jude a little bit more since we've identified him as the half brother of Jesus. It's, it's an amazing thing to me that he's even writing this book. Just, just because, like, Jesus' brothers didn't believe in him. If we, like, they are just in sheer unbelief. Even, even when he's dying on the cross, a lot of people think. Because you have to kind of scratch your head, right? Jesus is sitting there dying on the cross. And instead of saying to like Jude or James, like, here's your mother, you know, take care of her. What he actually says is, 
to the apostle John, here's your mother. <laughs> right. So like, where are these guys? Where are Jesus' brothers as he's shedding blood for the entire world? Okay. So I think we need to track that. And then suddenly, this is so cool, I think. Suddenly, after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, and this is in Acts one fourteen, the brothers are together with the believers at prayer, praying to Jesus. <laughs> so like Jesus is, that's appears to James thing. like, in other words, they saw their like they grew up with Big Brother Jesus, and they're like, "Nah, he he's not the savior. No way, you know." And they even kind of mocked him through his ministry. He dies and then comes back to life, and they were like, "Whoa, this isn't just our brother. This is our savior. This is God Himself." You know? And, yeah. That, that. <laughs> I, so, like the very fact that Jude is writing this book about his brother and calling himself the servant of Jesus Christ, it's mind-blowing to me. It's it, an amazing conversion. It's an amazing conversion because, yeah. It, and he's, gonna, he's lifting Jesus, his brother, up onto the very throne of God. You know, like... That's cool. We, are you are you segueing into this next term, servant of Jesus Christ? Was that a segue? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, he's the servant. He's a servant of Jesus Christ, which um, you know, it, that's really really cool terminology, really important terminology on a number of levels. But first of all, let me just point out the irony is here's a brother talking about his brother, and I'm talking to my brother right now my twin brother yeah. i don't think i'd ever call myself a servant of timothy more <laughs> <laughs> yeah except in a biblical like loving sense like, nobody I'm really not, should you know what I mean? nobody should be I'm serving not, me <laughs> there's no there's no gospel about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but here's here's jude saying that about jesus now we should I want to talk about this idea of servant of Jesus Christ more, but I think the first thing that we should point out is exactly what you just pointed out, which is that it's an, it's an idea that deifies Jesus. It absolutely deifies Jesus. It makes Jesus God. And the reason why it does is because in the Old Testament, this idea of it's always servant of God, servant of God, servant of God, servant of God. You have these prophets who are always servants of God. And now all of a sudden, that the same terminology here, uh, you take the, the term God and you insert Jesus Christ, and it's the exact same thing. There's, there's an equivalency there between Jesus Christ and God. So Jude is effectively saying, my my half brother is God. He puts now, him on his throne. Term. Yeah, yeah. Now there's more to it than that, though. This idea of servant of God. What else can we say about it? Well, I think it's interesting that Jude considers this his highest relationship to Jesus, and 
it assumes a Lord and Master to bond servant kind of relationship. Like when Jesus tells him to do something, he's going to do it. You know, there's yeah. it's a it's sort of like a one way street kind of thing where Jesus says something, Jude's going to do it. Jesus says something, Jude's going to do it. And that that kind of relationship is it. I was thinking about this like who's got a servant anymore? You know? Um who's got that kind of relationship? And it doesn't happen the closest one is like boss to employee relationship, but I don't even think that can really come to the unqualified obedience that comes in this relationship of servant. So I think we have to push on this idea a little bit more to understand that uh, humans are ruled creatures. We are always ruled creatures. We always are slaves of something. Now, people are going to push back about that in our culture, say, what do you mean? I'm, I can do whatever I want. I'm free. And the answer is no, you can't. Because that whatever it is that you're pursuing then, whatever it is that you think you're free to pursue is actually the thing that's ruling you, whether it's your passions or your career or your job or, or your sexuality, as we're going to talk about here in Jude. That's actually a thing that's ruling you. The question is not whether or not you are ruled. The question is always, what's what's ruling you? Yeah, like Who's I can, king? I can, your master. I I've been thinking about that in regard to social media. Like we are in a lot of ways, we're ruled by social media. We used to have like these things called stopping cues, like when you could know when to stop doing something. It's a stopping cue, like the commercial at the end of a TV show or something like that. But with social media, we spend so much time doing it because it's bottomless. You can scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And so we do. And so like mm-hmm. these these companies, um, same thing with streaming media. These It's bottomless. And we get enslaved by these things. You see, you see that? So the like, qu- there's no stopping cues. In, in fact, it's awful. It's the opposite of it. So the question is not, am I ruled? The question is, what is ruling you? And Yes. And what we're going to find out, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he's a good king. He's a good master. He's a good Lord, you might say. He's the only Lord that you can possibly have where when you take on him, his burden is light and he gives you rest for your soul. Everything else is going to destroy you. And so when Jude comes, so refreshing for Jude to say, Jesus Christ is my master. Jesus Christ is my Lord, because then something else that's actually going to destroy you, that's going to tear you up, is not your master. Yeah, totally. His burden is light. I totally agree. It's we do these things that actually make us sadder. We're in, we're enslaved to them. Why? Uh, I, you know, that's the ultimate question. Is like, why do we? do things that make us sad, like scrolling through and looking at other people's lives on social media. But Jesus sets us free from those things, you know? And he so gave- here we are, we're in Jude 1A. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to leave it here. I think we have to leave it here. I think it's good for us to leave it with this idea that Jesus is the king. He's the master who doesn't enslave us. He, he actually sets us free 
to be the people we were always created to be because he's the right Lord. He's a good Lord. He gives rest for our souls. Yeah. podcasting scripture one book of the bible at a time for more information visit www.project1517.com or our facebook page we do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on itunes you can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website this is project 1517 scripture theology life